Send your true encounters to storiesforaries at gmail.com and I might just read it in one of my next videos. Thanks for stopping by and as always, thanks for listening. My name is Akravi, and I'm a 49-year-old woman living in Greece. For years, I have been hiding a story, which is the only abnormal or maybe paranormal thing that happened in my life. The incident took place in the late spring of 1990, and back then, I shared with the authorities the parts that could be helpful to them. Nothing ever came of their investigation, and now, decades later, I decided to tell the full story. Seeing how easily people share their experiences online, it gave me the courage to tell mine. I'm not sure what really happened that night, but I need to get it off my chest. I was 19 at the time, and I was the first person to visit my grandparents' house since my grandmother died five years before. The house, up in the mountains of Greece, remained empty until my parents decided to spend their summer there. I offered to visit, to clean up, and to report the state that it was in. I wasn't thinking only of them, though. I wanted to try out nudism, and the isolated mountain house was ideal. It was two kilometers of rough country road away from the closest village. There were two other houses around belonging to relatives, but they were just as abandoned. I found the house in a good state, but the vegetation around had grown wild. This was great for me because it decreased the already slim chance of someone seeing me naked. I spent the first day cleaning the house, and it was a lot of work. After a shower, I fell asleep, until around 3 a.m., when a violent shake of the bed woke me up. It felt like a single blow of an earthquake coming from the left of the house. I turned on the light and looked at the light fixture that hangs off the ceiling to see if it was oscillating, but it wasn't. I brushed it off and I went back to sleep. I relaxed the following day. The house had no landline, but it had electricity. I opened the old black and white TV set and lay naked, inside on the bed or outside under the shade, on a wooden lounge chair. I fell asleep early with the TV set open. Then, past 3 a.m., the shake woke me up again. The light in the room was on as I left it, and the television was still playing. I was spooked that it happened two nights in a row at nearly the same time. Maybe my sleeping cycle got screwed up for some reason and I'm just waking up at this hour. I thought, trying to rationalize it, as I got up to close the TV. As the sound from the program playing died down, I heard voices talking from outside the house and from a distance. Again, they came to the left of my house. The area there is so quiet that the wind can make voices or music sound a lot closer than they are. Apart from that, I was too disturbed from the repeating shakes that I preferred not to go out exploring in the middle of the night. When I stopped hearing them after a few minutes, I went back to sleep. I woke up again at around 8 a.m. After making coffee, I sat outside in the clean morning air, pondering about the shakes. It annoyed me that they came at the same time every night. Old memories of my grandmother came back. Here I was, sitting naked in her house on a hedonistic trip, and it was the first time that I had thought of her. I felt bad about myself since she was such a kind woman, and I hadn't even taken a moment to honor her memory. We used to take long walks around the area, and she would tell me about its history. Supposedly, the location was dimmed of bad luck, 
and people outside our family chose not to build there. I didn't believe in the paranormal, but the thought of a curse made me shiver. What would really terrify me, though, was if I was becoming mentally ill. But I was feeling great and behaved as usual, and apart from the shakes waking me up, I slept fine. Sometimes I have lucid dreams, but most of them are enjoyable or meaningless. Anyway, I decided that since all of the shakes came from the left of the house, I would explore that side. I already knew what was there. The house was on the less steep side of the hill. To the side was 300 meters of dense forest, and then a big rock cliff looking down to a 100 square meter field accessible from the country road. There used to be a path through the forest to the rock cliff from my house, and since it was a closer distance than the country road, I decided to try the path. I covered myself in thick jean trousers, an old military jacket my dad had left, and I took a small axe from the shed. It came in handy since I had to hack my way through the path. Even when I reached the rock cliff about an hour later, sweating and swearing, I looked back and the path was barely visible despite my hacking. On the rock cliff itself, I saw no sign of human activity. No fire, no debris, nothing. But when I went to the edge of the rock cliff and stared down, I saw two young, tall men. They were pale and blonde, looking North European. Surprised, I pulled back and fell on the ground. They had cleared a circle in one side of the field with a fire pit in the middle. They had also cleared just enough to fit their tent. The two men were talking and, after a while, they undressed and sat naked under the morning sun for a while before going inside their tent. The hedonist young female spirit inside me was excited to have young men around me. Maybe they were Euro-travelers and we could spend some time together. But I couldn't fight the feeling that there was something wrong. Why did they go to sleep in the morning? What were they doing all night? It wasn't like there were nightclubs around here. I was unsure of what to do. I didn't want to face the two men alone. The closest telephone was a few hours walk, and even if I called the police, what would they say? The field they had camped in belonged to my family, so they were trespassing, but it was unlikely that the police would immediately travel many dozens of kilometers from their station for such a complaint. I decided that the safest thing to do was to go back home and return late at night to spy on them from the top of the hill. So that's what I did. One hour before the sun went down, I left my house, moving silently through the woods, and I reached the cliff. The night that came was moonless and dark. In its cover, I went to the side of the cliff and looked down. I saw a fire blazing at the center of the circle. The circle was also ornate with symbols. Maybe they were runes, but don't quote me on this. I couldn't see the men anywhere, and that gave me the creeps as I feared they would sneak up on me from behind. Then I finally saw them, moving from their tent to the circle. Their appearance made me shudder. They both wore black robes with symbols on them. They also dragged with them a wild hog that had its legs and mouth tied. I realized that these people were occultists and that they would perform a ritual that contained a sacrifice. I felt the presence of evil and cold sweat ran down my back, but at the same time, I was in disbelief. This can't be happening. This only happens in the movies. I thought 
as the two men stood facing one another on opposite sides of the circle. The tied pig was beside one of them, jerking its head trying to free itself. They started chanting in some language that sounded like German. They went on for many hours during that time, and nothing happened. Their chanting became slower, but it was always constant and persistent. I laid face down and continued watching. Initially, my heart was racing, but as hours went by and nothing happened, I became bored and sleepy. This was when I must have fallen asleep. I was awoken by the gut-wrenching squeals of the hog. I had expected a sacrifice, but I couldn't imagine the brutality I witnessed. Seeing the helpless animal treated like that made me want to scream, but the fear of my life prevented me, along with the sensation of wanting to puke. I didn't want to watch anymore, and I pulled back, closing my eyes and ears, while trying not to faint from the feeling of sickness in my stomach. Then it happened again. The shaking. This time, I was sure I was awake. The chanting had stopped, but I could hear below German speaking and laughing. I knew that looking could be a mistake, but my curiosity was stronger. With my body aching from sleeping on the hard ground, I crawled back to the edge of the cliff and looked down. The two men were standing next to each other. From the pit, in the middle of the circle, an orange-blue column of fire spiraled high and the smoke that reached me had a sweet metallic taste. Before the men, a being attempted to stand up under the excited gaze of the occultists. It was taller than them. I could see the creature's back, and it had the elongated body of a wild hog with legs and hands that were grotesque copies of human limbs. As the beast grew steady at its feet, it left a groan that froze my blood and scared even the occultists. One of them raised his hand and gave a command that the beast seemed to accept, and stepped back. The two men looked at each other pleased, but the creature moved forward again, giving an angry scream. Everything happened fast after that. The same occultist as before raised his hand and commanded, nothing. The beast bit him on the neck, between the head and the shoulder, in a matter of seconds. His body became loose and fell to the ground when the monster's mouth opened. I saw its head turned, face towards the other occultist. I didn't want to witness this. I got up with difficulty. Some of my body felt frozen stiff while my legs were like jello. I walked, sometimes crawled, through the forest towards my house crying and covering my ears from the man screaming. When I reached my home, it was past 4 a.m. I locked myself in and didn't open the door until noon. Everything was calm by then. It was the most peaceful day you had ever known. It all seemed like a bad nightmare, and I wanted to believe that it was. I forced myself to walk to the country road to the field where the occultist camped. The tent was there with some of the clothes. The circle was there with the burned-out fire and some surviving symbols. The men were nowhere to be found, and no sign of the creature. I went back home, and after preparing a backpack of water and food, I walked for an hour to the closest village to call the police. I told them that two Germans were camping illegally on my parents' land and were lighting fires. I waited for the police in the village with their vehicle, and we drove to the field. Their search had the same results as mine, the circle with the fire pit and the symbols, the men's belongings, 
and no remains from humans. They left the tent and the men's belongings for a few days, and since the men didn't appear to take them from the field, the police loaded everything in one of their cars and hauled it away. Everyone in the village was puzzled, since they hadn't seen the men before or after the incident. As you can assume, I picked up and I headed back home. In the summer, when my parents were vacationing there, the police came back and asked for me. They wanted to talk to me about the incident. They called me to my parents' house in the city of Preveza. They had found a car stolen from Athens mid-spring by two young men. The car was found parked on a private road 500 meters away from the field, and it was covered with branches. They wanted to know if I had seen that car when the men were trespassing. I hadn't, and after telling them, I asked if they had found the men or what they were doing on the field. They didn't want to say, but when I asked the officer if they thought it may have to do with witchcraft, he laughed out loud, not accepting my idea of the circle and the rocks forming the rune symbols. He closed the conversation, but not before chuckling with my ideas and saying, <laughs> What are you smoking? Indicating his belief that I was doing drugs. I was ashamed, but also relieved that I didn't have to come out with the full story to them. If I had, I would surely be labeled as crazy. Thirty years later, I have since got married and had kids of my own. By necessity and during family holidays, I have spent time in that field. It was all normal, and there was never talk from the locals of a hog creature running loose or anything weird. Apart from me, no one ever remembers the case of the two young trespassers. It was a nightmare that came and left. I can swear that what I wrote above is true and happened, but knowing how the mind can play tricks, I can accept that the latter part of the story was a dream that my mind created after witnessing the torture of the animal. But it didn't feel like a dream.